Episode 55 is here, everybody, with Cleveland's own Freshy Ramon. Freshy Ramon is an up-and-coming rap artist from Cleveland, and his new album, MFP, My Foolish Pride, is out now. It's streaming on all platforms. Go check him out. Check him out at Mantra Freshy on Instagram, pretty much all over social media. And uh, we get into his background, his story, um, how he got to where he is in, in the music game, his creative side, his uh, his creativity, his his collaboration with Ilthy, which is now a pretty well-known uh, clothing brand, at least here in Ohio. And uh, got even into some of the uh, mental health stuff, suicide, mental health, some of the things he experienced growing up in, in some hostile environments and uh, really appreciated all the insight and, and all the different topics we touched in this conversation. So sit back, relax, and please, as always, welcome the one and only Freshy Ramon. The Optimal Life. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. You were saying that uh, you looked up to Eminem growing up. That's when it all started for you at 11 years old. Uh, and, and now he's now he's calling out MGK and some of these guys you're friends with. So what was your take on that? Yeah, so like just the correlation of that is like MGK, you know, like I said, you know, he's 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 been known to be like, you know, one of the like one of the hottest rappers in Cleveland as far as like his lyricism. So it's like and he's one of my favorite uh, Cleveland artists. So it's like to hear one of my favorite Cleveland artists go against one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm I'm like I'm like a fanboy. Like I'm, right. I, I, I want more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 where I am right now. I'm like, man, like I want to hear it because you know, always like as a kid, I was always like, man, I wonder if you know, I wonder what I would say if I had to if, if I had to battle Eminem. You know what I mean? Right. Now to right. See somebody, pretty much, you know, from my from my city, my age group, you know, going against MGK. I mean, uh, Eminem is just. It's amazing to me, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I encourage that. I encourage more of that, you yeah. know what I mean, in hip-hop. Because I feel like, you know, we've lost a lot of that. And I feel like because we lost a lot of that, I feel like just the current state of hip-hop has has kind of diminished in terms of, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a different, it's a different place now, you know what I mean? It's not the same. It you is. Know? And, and just to hear stuff like this, it, it's just... To me, it kind of brings back the nostalgia of, you know, how things were when I was, you know, really, really passionate about hip hop in the very beginning. Like when I first fell in love with rap, you know what I mean? When, you know, when I was when I was rap battling and, you know, in middle school and stuff like that. Right. So. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting the way life works, because when you're 11 years old and Eminem's on top of the world, as a grown man at that point, you, you, you can't even, you never give any credit to like the next generation below you. And yeah. you kind of just look at these young kids. I mean, we're all guilty of doing it. We're always like, oh, they're little, they're young. And, and now, look it, it's, it's MGK. There's people all over. The, the young rappers, the millennial rappers are killing this, this whole thing, man. <laughs> right. I mean, you guys are right. taking, you guys are taking this whole industry by storm. And I think some of the old school cats are having, having some difficulty with it. Uh, right. just seeing the style, seeing the, the, the brash, the brash attitude, you know, the, the social media persona that you guys put out and those guys, right. are, those guys are, go, those guys are saying, Hey man, we didn't, we didn't have any of this shit. So I don't know. I don't know what the beef is, but you know, there's always that generational kind of gap between generation to generation, a little bit of a rivalry, so to speak. Right, right, right. 
And I'm, I'm sure it was probably the same way when, you know, Eminem was, you know, our age. And, you know what I mean? You had guys probably like, you know, Kumo D and all those dudes were probably like, oh, what the hell is this? You know what right, I mean? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Run, run, DMC, uh, run, run DMC's going, who the hell is this Eminem character? What the fuck is this <laughs> right, crap, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hey, where are you from? Where are you from in Cleveland? Um, I'm from East Cleveland. East so, Cleveland, you know, okay. I'm from... Uh, I, I, man, I, I lived off of Superior. Uh, I lived on Nila. Um, yeah, I'm from I'm East Cleveland. Uh, and then I ended up, I graduated. Uh, I went to, I moved to Euclid when I graduated. So I graduated high school in Euclid, Euclid High School. So, right. Um, you know, which is on the east side of Cleveland. So, yeah, no, no, no. I actually, I graduated from Brush, not too far from there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, anyways, so you're doing the thing, you, you've been in music your whole life, practically. Uh, you want to get into music, but um, so what are you doing? Like, what have you been doing as your as your regular day job to pay the bills in the in the current, to- current uh, time? Man, man, yeah. I've, I've I've done a little bit of everything, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I find myself, you know, I mean, I know at the end of the day, you know, I know where my passion lies, you know. But one thing that you know, especially one thing I would say. I would encourage, you know, rappers that are, you know, trying to really make a way and not even just rappers, just artists in general. It's like you got to I mean, you know, when you get a job, it's like you got to find a job that you could be like, OK, you know, I'm not 100 percent satisfied with this, you know, but but it's got to be something that you could be like, OK, this is cool. You know what I mean? Because you know that at the end of the day, you know, that it's that it's, you know, it's to fun, you know what I mean. Your passion, absolutely, you know man. I mean? Absolutely. You don't want to. You don't want to. You want to absolutely hate your job, and at the same time, you know. You know what I'm saying. So it's like for me, it's just like there's been different places. You know, I, I've had multiple jobs where I just absolutely hated them. Right. And I was like, man, I got to get out of here. But now, you know, now I actually I work at a law firm. Okay. So which is which is kind of cool because you know um, the way I look at it is like I'm kind of like uh, to a certain degree I'm, I'm learning a little bit about. Um, you know, just different things in terms of, uh, like, contracts and, right. uh, you know, stuff like that, which will help, like, which, you know, does ultimately help me in the long run. Um, yeah. I had an altercation, what, like, last month with uh, with, with, uh, with Rock Nation. Um, one of the A&Rs, he basically tried to, tried to calm me into signing some, like, crazy, uh, crazy deal that was basically going to give him 86% of my streaming royalties for three years. <laughs> And you know, had I not, you know, had I not, uh, you know, had 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 somewhat experience, uh, you know, with contracts, and now, you know, I I I probably would be, uh, <laughs> I probably would have, you know, pretty much got finessed. Well, I think you know what you're I mean? saying too, you you're getting that real world experience, which is really invaluable. Exactly. That that exactly. that kind of experience is you can't put a dollar value on it. You're being exposed to people. Who knows what kind of contacts you'll make at the law firm too? Clients. Yeah, man. I, I was uh, man, man. There there was there was a day I was in there, and you know I was I was actually I was sorting out mail, and you know I'm I'm seeing like you know I'm seeing stuff, and you know there's like there's like mail going to Rock Nation. I mean not Rock Nation, but Live Nation, and yeah. you know there's like you know I'm like wow, like okay, you know it's it's it's. It's it's it's, it's kind of like a six degrees of separation type of thing. It's right. just like okay, this this letter that I'm I'm about to mail out is going to Live Nation and it's going to a specific artist. I'm I'm not really in any uh uh you know uh, freedoms to actually like name the artist, but there were mm-hmm. there, it was it was a few like produ- like you know what I mean like notable artists right that 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 that, that were uh, the recipients of those letters. So I was like wow, this is crazy. You know what I mean? So yeah. 
Yeah. Plus, yeah. you're giving yourself. You're, you're working. I mean, it's you're you're, you're working pretty hard, obviously, and you're. You're you're grinding away during the day so that you could hopefully fund and fulfill your dreams of yeah. making it in this music industry at night. And, and uh, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I see a lot of the young guys, especially these days, man, where they're they're just they're just basically putting it all in. They're hedging their bet 100 percent on on red, and yeah. and they're not doing anything else in the meantime. So their days are wasted away of of be, being artistic or whatever you want to call it. But they're not. It's ultimately not getting them anywhere because they're not getting right. any real world experience and they're not they're not putting away any, any money and they're not really they're not hustling so you're doing the hustle right. man that's that's a right. big thing that's a real big thing today a lot yeah, of people would, aren't would, doing I would, that i would say i would say my nine to five is my excuse to get out of the house i would say because mm-hmm. I, I i know exactly what you mean i, I mean I've, I've got producers actually producers that are like you know good friends of mine that producers that I actually produced on this album that aren't as uh I wouldn't even say successful as they would like to be, but they they aren't as far as they would like to be. But then when I, you know, when I look at them, I mean, for the most part, they spend mostly all their days just in the house working yeah. on beats. Right. And that's it. You know, it's like you got to you got to be out here to a certain degree. You got to be social, you know, and, it, you know, I, I guess having a nine to five helps you with that, I would say. No doubt but, about it. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But but I also would say. There is, there, there does come a time when you're just like, wow, there's not enough time in a day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times you need, you know, I mean, there's days when you need to just be grinding for a whole day. There's day, there's times you need to be grinding for a whole week to do stuff. Especially when you, when you, when you first, when you, when you drop an album, like you know, I dropped a whole album, did all the promotion, did all the marketing, did everything on my own. You know what I mean? So when you say you dropped an album, man, t- for the for the for the ninety nine percent of people like like me who have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Let me t- tell. Take us, take us through the behind the scenes of when you're saying, okay. like, what what exactly are you doing to ultimately get from starting from scratch to then releasing an album? How does that work? Okay, all right. So for me, first off, you know, I went through a whole some odd years of you know life experiences. <laughs> um, you know, like I had I had a bunch of doors slammed in my face. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a bunch of studios that kind of fell through. I had a bunch of projects that I that I that I had originally started on that kind of fell through so you know once I finally got grounded enough you know I started kind of saving up my money a little bit you know what I mean um I was I was kind of I was in between uh I was in between apartments so I was like actually staying in my mom's house for like a few months which gave me a little leverage I was able to save a little bit of money I used that money I went to one of one of a uh, one of uh, like the premier studios here um it's called a uh, Bulkley House Studios mm-hmm. um my good my good friend Kalam, Killer Kalam, he's like the OG. He did a lot of music uh, for the kick. He was with the kick drums years ago. And, um, I mean, those of y'all who don't know the kick drums, they did a lot of stuff for Ray Cash, Chip the Ripper. Uh, you know what I mean? Like sure. uh, Corey Bapes, like the guys that were, that were really popping back in like 05, 06. Anyway, I started going to him. He was charging me $40 an hour. You know what I mean? And, you know, I started... I kind of started just pulling together all my resources from the past, you know, some odd years that I had just kind of set on, you know, in terms of producers and things like that. And I was just like, hey, like, I'm, I'm working on an album. Let's come together. So, you know, everybody started kind of slowly coming together. You know what I mean? And before you know it, in about maybe two months, I had a whole project. It was fully recorded. Kalam, you know, did it, you know, I, I would say he did an excellent job as far as mixing and mastering it. But are you he writing the lyrics? Are you doing the beats? Yeah. What, how does that yeah. work? You're doing everything. Yeah, so, 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 uh, so uh, a lot of the, like, well, I would say more than half of the, of the songs is on the project. 
Um, I, I, uh, I, I helped out as far as like production. I like kind of facilitated as far as production, but all the songs I wrote, I wrote all the songs and you know, usually what it like, okay. Some, sometimes you get those producers that already have a beat, right? They already have like a whole, they have like a whole like uh, email full of beats. They'll just send it to you. Like, okay, you know, go through these beats. Let me know what you think. You know, you listen to the, to the, to the beats and then you, you might come across one you like. So then you, structure a whole song around that beat right but then there's other producers that'll kind of work with you so you come to them with like a whole concept of a song it's like hey i wrote this song i don't have a beat i want to sit down and i want to work on this whole beat from scratch with you from from percussion to you know synth to everything you know and i i I feel like me personally i enjoy that experience as opposed to someone just giving you like just sending you just a, a automated email you know so i mean you know a few of the beats on the project weren't like that they were kind of automated and i just kind of just wrote to them but then you know a good portion of them were like uh you know co-produced type of type songs sure. so there's 11 songs on the project damn and, um, that's awesome that's fantastic yeah. this was your first time how, how do you make how does how does the money work how do you make money these days so as far as the money goes um so initially you would uh you would upload your music to like a third party um you know, be it like TuneCore, CD Baby, and these are basically the uh, uh, um, distribution companies. So you pay them, you know, for a single, you would pay them like $10 a year. And then, and then, and uh, basically, what their job is, their job is to pretty much get your music onto as many streaming platforms as they could. You know what I mean? And then, if there's an album, they charge you like $30 a, uh, for a whole year. So you take $30. You say, hey, look, I got this album. This is when it's coming out. You know, you set the date, and then they say, okay, cool. On this date, the album is going to be available on Apple Music, iTunes, all that good stuff. And, you know, from that point, they basically distribute, and they put the album, and, you know, they set everything up. So the money comes in. You get, like, I want to say it's seven cents a stream now, or it's, like, it's, like, it's, 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 it's very minuscule, but it's, like, you get like, you get. I, I would say you get a couple pennies per, mm-hmm. per every per every stream. That now, when you say to. stream, you talking about if somebody like clicks play on Apple yeah. Music and, and they're playing yeah. your song, regardless of yeah, whether like they download need, it or not. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like if they were to play it, or, or, or if they have like you know Apple Music and they just downloaded it, um, you know, and uh, and you 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 also get like say for example the album is on there you want to buy the album I mean you also you also get money off of that too you know right, right. someone would just be like hey I just want to buy the album flat out nine bucks so I had I had that option available and I also had hard copies available so um, whenever hmm. we would have an event I would I would be selling the hard copies for ten dollars um, you know and then I was doing the same thing on Bandcamp you could you could you could uh, you could buy physical copies. And then you could have them mailed to, to to the person. So right, right. Um, I was doing that, and I also I I designed because I, I I I'm a graphic designer also. So you know I I have my own clothing brand. It's called Mantra Shop, and um my um my initial plan I was gonna I was gonna drop a whole collection of of merchandise based I mean inspired by the album, but just the timing of it was off, which is why I'm I'm back in the studio currently working on some new stuff. I'm actually thinking about it i mean i, I guess i guess this would be the first time anybody hears about the news but i'm um <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna re-release the album as a deluxe edition i'm gonna add six more songs uh with commentary and all that good stuff and 
as well as merchandise, like physical merchandise, like clothing, you know, dad hats, you know, stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you have you have yeah, a management yeah. you have a management team. You have a record label uh, that you're with, or to be honest, it's just, I am the management team, and okay. that's 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 the problem. Like right now, and that that's that's my next step. I'm I'm, I'm working to kind of build a team because right now, um, because the, the the other the other unique thing about this project is it, it's the first project, um, to be released under this uh under this new moniker the torch burner recordings moniker and it's just pretty much just kind of like my um you know my independent uh platform you know distribution platform and which is which is under the umbrella the magenta mantra LLC which is uh all together is just a creative uh creative outlet for all artists designers uh you know any facet of art like i i have a i have a i have a blog site um where uh independent artists they send their stuff they submit it. Um, we post it. Uh, you know, people all over the world see it. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? It's just a. Uh, it's a blog. Yeah, it's an art blog. Yeah, and that it, it initially started as that. It, it was just going to be. Well, initially it started as almost kind of like it was going to be kind of like a, almost like a like like a like a community, kind of like a, kind of like a Craigslist type of thing. Um, so it was just going to be like all of my like all of my graphic designers, all of my uh, uh, recording engineer friends. I was just gonna just just create like this big data bank, you know, so that people could come and you know because we I, at one point I was just like man I wish all my friends could have jobs I wish all my friends could be making extra income so I I decided that that's what I wanted to do I wanted to make a website and I wanted to just kind of showcase all my friends' artwork all my friends' talents um, to hopefully get them get them work yeah and then and then it, it, it just kind of materialized and became something else you know and then that's when it became just this blog you know and then from there uh you know we launched the uh mantra shop aspect of it so now that now it's also a clothing line and um yeah uh stephanie tahada from the bad girls club she wears it a lot so you know that's one of our like notable like so far that's like that's our our most i guess noteworthy uh customer of sure. shop so oh, that's awesome man hey listen you're, yeah. you got your hands involved in a lot of things and you started off too with uh you're a creative cat obviously you started off modeling for for ilthy correct yeah 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 how did man, that how did that where, when did that start how did that come about oh uh, man um back in 2009 um i actually uh one of my one of my friends juan or juan he had a he used to live here in cleveland he's a graphic designer also he had a clothing line he was working on at the time called last place and um, I knew him to be a graphic designer. I'm, I was like, I was probably 19 years old, 18 years old, you know, so I was a little younger. But I, uh, I had been working on my first project. It was my very first project. And this is this is funny because you know that was my first project. MFP is my second project. So so within that whole time frame, I was just kind of, you know, just dabbling, messing around with different things, and just just you know living life and all this, all, all these different life experiences happen within that time frame and it, it, it kind of matured me and it made me, it gave me more, it gave me more subject matter to really rap about. You know what I mean? Cause back then I was just this kid who just knew how to rap. I was going through things, but I was just like this guy. I was just kind of, you know, I was like, I, I was just so much into, I was just so into rap and just so into just the thought of just rapping to any, to any beat. Yeah. That yeah. I, I you were like, you were busy complaining about like getting detention in high school. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So I set up, <laughs> I set up, I made a whole, a whole. it was like a mixtape, kind of like, you know, what Lil Wayne would do. He would just rap to, like, beats that were already pretty much on. So I made a whole mixtape. I called it the Destructo Disc, inspired by, like, you know, a character from Dragon Ball Z, one of my favorite 
uh, animes at the time. And, um, you know, he had, he, it, it was, it was, it was called the destructive disc. And I, I, I recorded the whole project, you know, I funded it, did everything same, same, pretty much the same fashion as I did with MFP. And I needed, I needed an album cover. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, dang, man, I, I need somebody that, 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 that could reliably like, you know what I mean? Make this cover and really make it dope. Yeah. So, um, I reached out to Erwan and he was just like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I ain't gonna be able to do it, but I know, uh, he was like one of my good friends I went to school with, Glenn. Glenn Infante, he'll do it. You know, you just got to hit him up. He was like, he, he he's working on a clothing line called Ildi. At the time, Ildi had only maybe about three shirts. And what <laughs> year was website. this? What year was that? This was like 08, 09. Okay. 2009, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to Glenn and, you know, in Glenn fashion, it took, it took him almost like two months to even respond to me. Then when he did, he was just like, all he said was two hundred fifty dollars. He just said two hundred fifty. That, that was his response, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Dang, two fifty! Like at the time, I'm like, man, I'm eighteen years old. I don't got that money. I don't have no job." But I was like, "All right, forget it. I got you." And I don't know, man. By the grace of God, somehow, man, I'm, I got that two hundred fifty dollars, <laughs> and you know, in in less than a week, and I, I I sent it to him. And I guess I guess off of that, he saw like, man, this kid is like really passionate. Yeah, you know he's really passionate about this thing, so he was like, "All right, cool." So he made the cover. The cover, the cover came out amazing. It was, it was awesome. He sent me the cover. Um, you know, I put the project out. I ended up doing a release party at a, at a clothing store uh, called Next. Um, sure. At the time, it was like it was probably like the, one of the biggest like streetwear clothing stores in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So you know, all the kids were there. So it was. It just organically, just it, it, everything just kind of came together, and then based on that, um, that's pretty much how how our relationship kind of started to, uh, you know, started to grow because he was just like he started inviting me down to hot cards. At the time, he was working out of hot cards. He was just doing graphic design there, and then by night, he was doing ilty out of hot wow. cards. Is and he a, is he a Cleveland guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Cleveland. He's so, from here. Here from Cleveland. So this hot cards. Hot cards is like uh, it's like it, 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 at the time it was like one of the like premier um 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 uh, uh full color uh, full color printing uh, companies. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of stuff like posters and you know flyers and things like that for different events in Cleveland. And uh, Glenn was the head the head graphic designer there, so he was kind of using the the you know hot cards as resources uh, to kind of create ilty and. Um, and you now know, that that, that Elfie's blown up pretty big, huh? Oh yeah, 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 it's pretty for big sure. Man. Yeah, you know, but yeah, and then you know, all while he was doing that, he would he would invite me. To, I, I would just come down there, man. We just we would just chill, you know what I mean? Yeah. Smoke, whatever, do whatever, and just you know, and just kick and listen to music and stuff like that. Then you know, he uh he started he he kind of started uh, taking pictures of me in the clothes, and I kind of became like. In some ways, I, I almost became like the face of it. You know what I mean? Like I was just kind of like the guy that everybody saw whenever, whenever you know, whenever some new stuff would come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially especially in, in in the urban community because you know, at the time, like Ilti was kind of like you know, you had like uh, you know, like the college kids and stuff like that, the suburbs. I, I when I started wearing it, I started seeing more kids in like East Cleveland and you know, just kids like in the hood and stuff like that, where I was from, kind of wearing it because they were able to identify. They were like, oh yeah, like you know, there's this black kid wearing it, and you know, and it kind of, it kind of worked. It was just kind of like you know, we kind of benefited off of each other as sure. you know, as we as we kind of grew. 
Oh, it's so, beautiful, um, man. Hey, it's about it's all about those relationships, man. We talk about yeah, it here yeah, on this that, podcast that, all the time. It's it's what you're doing, even with the law firm during the day. You never know where those relationships might come into play later on in life, uh, and, and how things evolve and how things develop and those kind of things. So that's fantastic. Talk talk to us. Tell me a little bit more about this. Uh, what do you call it? Um, I was watching one of your Instagram videos. Something about with this torch, like your one of your motivational oh, yeah. things. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so the magenta mantra, um, our whole uh, our whole message is that um, everybody everybody on everybody on the planet on planet Earth is uh, pretty much a torch. I mean, we we all we all have the ability to burn. We're all we're all like little fireballs, balls of fire that you know, depending the depending on our on our surroundings, depending on you know what we uh, are exposed to, it determines, uh, you know, uh, how bright we can burn. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, I mean, because I've, 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 I've been there, I've been there on this whole journey. A lot of times, like, you know, you get to a point where you start, you feel like you're just kind of burning out. You know, you feel like you're, you feel like your flame is kind of diminishing, you know, whether it be some personal stuff going on in your life, you know, I mean, it's almost always some personal stuff. I mean, a lot of times it's interpersonal stuff. You know, it's just it's things in your head. You know, and uh, you know, some people just some people could just never never come back from it. You know what I mean? So, uh, I do what I do, just kind of as a way to kind of help motivate people to be like, hey man, look, I know exactly where you go, what you're going through, because you know, I've been there. You know what I mean? It took me almost ten years to make a album. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know exactly what, 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 you know, what people are going through right now. You know what I mean? And I'm, I still go through stuff, you know, but it, it's, it's always important to stay lit. You know, it's always important to keep going and, to, and to just use all these things, use all these different, uh, uh, you know, negative, uh, aspects of your life and just use all that stuff as fuel, you know, for your torch, for your fire to keep burning. Awesome. And, I, love um, it. I love it. What, what's and, uh, what's negative? What, what's 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 really what's fueled your fire? What are some of the negatives that you've? What are some of the more serious negatives that you've turned into positives or to fuel your fire? Uh, well, uh, more specifically, uh, the, the album MFP it it basically it covers it covers just you know coming it's it's, it's almost like a coming of age story. It, it talks about you know kind of kind of kind of taking that step into and in, 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 into being a father because I have a two year old now taking that step into being a father all while still, you know, staying true to yourself and, um, you know, just trying to set a good example, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I, I've been dealing with a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of issues with, with my daughter's mom and, you know, things like that and just financial issues and just, uh, just thoughts of, um, I mean, there, there were, there were times where, you know, I battled depression, severe depression and, and thoughts of suicide and things like that. You know what I mean? No, these are serious things. And I feel like, you know, I mean, you could be the most creative, the most, the most bright, the most, uh, the most lit torch on the planet. Yeah. You commit suicide, man. Boom, it's over. <laughs> what did you? you uh, like- that's interesting that you bring that up. One of my recent guests, uh, this woman from Australia, she's a, uh, she's a speaker of, uh, on on basically spreading awareness on suicide prevention. She just came on the show a couple weeks ago. And uh-huh. she lost her boyfriend a few years back to suicide. She came home one yeah. night. She walked into the garage, and there he was hanging. Oh my and, god! And uh, she basically yeah, bumped man. into him as she turned the light on. It changed her life, obviously. So, uh, when you've gone through those dark times, man, shed some light for us for people that are that are going through something. 
How how were you able to handle that uh, mentally, emotionally, and what did you do to, to overcome? Well, it's the thing is you have to know. First off, you have to you have to understand what you're dealing with. You know what I mean? It's a it's 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 kind of it's it's difficult it's difficult for you to for you to defeat uh, an enemy. I mean, because that, that's all it is. It's, it's a it's an enemy of the mind, and it's difficult to defeat that enemy if you don't if you don't know that enemy's weakness, let alone even what that enemy is even capable of doing or what that enemy even is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just like a lot of people they don't they they go on their they they go on you know everyday life not even knowing that they're you know uh, suffering from this. You know that they are depressed, and then it's just. You know, as time as time goes on, it just gets worse and worse and worse, and then it becomes this thing where you just cannot control it, and then you know, you pretty much you're left with no options. So that's the thing. It's like, you know, you have to understand what it is first. You know what I mean? Then you also have to understand that you're not alone in this struggle because right. a lot of people, you know, especially creatives, we get real introspective, and we get to a point where we just like. You know, we just kind of like cut everybody off. You know what I mean? And that's and that I feel like I feel like that kind of like led to my whole situation with you know me kind of I wouldn't say losing my family, but just me. You know, uh, as far as like my 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 uh, intermediate family, like me, my you know my daughter and my daughter's mom. You know, that was that's what led to our breakup. Yeah. Partially, yeah. I would say, or that that's that's one of the things that led to our breakup. I would say would be like my depression. You know, just feeling like I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was in that battle alone, and when, when I really wasn't, because you know, even if even if I was like going through it in my own mind alone, I was also affecting everybody that were that were around me. You know yeah. what I mean? Because everybody yeah. else around me, they saw, you know, what I was becoming. You know what I mean? When and, did the depression really start for you? Was it after the baby was born, or was it prior? Well, to be honest, to be honest, I've I've, I've dealt with it. Like you know, like actually, like sitting back and like to actually reflect on it, I, I've dealt with depression since 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 I was little, since I was a, a young kid. You know, I had like I had a I had a a pretty uh pretty rough uh you know up upbringing in, in, in terms of with uh just you know dealing with my own parents and stuff like that, and just seeing what my own parents were going through. They were they were both kind of. They're both just kind of messed up as far as like substance abuse and things like that. So, um, you know, for me actually seeing them and just like seeing what they went through, I, I um, as, as a kid, I kind of internalized that and I kind of made it, I kind of made it, made it, made it about me. I kind of feel like it was my fault. You know what I mean? So I took a lot of that mm. pressure. I took a lot of that pressure on uh, early on in life. Yeah. And I feel like as time kind of progressed, I just kind of, in my own way, I guess I kind of, um kind of suppressed it you know what i mean sure and sure and you, you so took often, on you took on a, an, a it sounds like an enormous amount of trauma at a young age yeah yeah and exactly, it kind of and, exactly. and you never and you never addressed it until until it was you know your adult life and then it started really creeping yeah, in yeah. yeah yeah i mean because you know and that's and that's uh, a lot of times especially and i would say um i don't i don't want to make it like like solely like a like like a like a race thing but i would say you know a lot of times like in a black community we don't, they don't, we don't, we don't really talk about stuff like that because as a, as a young black man, you're, you're raised to be like, oh yeah, you got to be hard because nobody's going to give you nothing and nobody's going to care about you. Nobody's going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to take what you want blah, 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 because you ain't, cause you, you know, you're not going to be able to get it, you know, when, where, where it's like, you know, uh, you know, if, if I, if, if I, if I were, if I were white, you know what I mean? It'd be a little bit different, I would say, because, you know, I mean, white people, they address it for the most part, you know. I mean, some white people they like, okay, you know, this is this 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 is an issue, 
you know, I have to address it. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, you know what? I, I think I think what you're saying too is there's been a lot of a, a shift over the past recent years. I think in this entire mental health discussion, yeah. and and what you're talking about, I, I think regardless of race, it was always taboo to talk about it. Uh, maybe more so in the black communities. I don't know. I can't speak to that. But I think even in uh, white, even in white communities, man, I think uh, we'll say we'll say the the old just, the older generation they would never talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's, it's, I, 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 I would say I would say I would say I would say the bottom line is just it's just about that the the total uh, you know I mean as far as like the education aspect of it it's like you know a lot of people aren't just just really aren't educated on what it is. You yeah, know what I mean? That's the problem, and that's the thing. It's like you know. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, for the most part, yeah, I, I, I dealt with a lot of that stuff at an early age, and I didn't know what it was, you know what I mean? I, of course, I, I never how can knew you? What it was. I just how thought that you? I was just... How can you know, especially when no one's willing to talk about it? How, how would you, you know? You know what I mean? How, so, but, so but, I assume, I assume like, you're using as that... Older, yeah. as I got older, I realized that, you know, I, I remember I had a conversation with my father not too long ago, and he was telling me he was depressed. Right. He was telling me that he, you know, he took medication. I'm just like, Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, to, and, and to you, you thought your father was invincible and Superman exactly. and all this crazy shit. Exactly, right? yeah, exactly, yeah. man. And that's and that's 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 the that, that's a that's a cycle that you know I hope to break. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, for starters, with this music, and but then you know, also, I would I would like to instill those different things, you know, in my daughter at an early age. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. These well, are things that I felt like I was entitled to do. I, I, I felt like I had a I had a purpose, uh, you know, in making this project. I had to touch people with it, you know. Oh, that's so, beautiful. That's beautiful. So you use you use your, your your past experiences in your in your art, in your creativity. It's fueling your fire. Right. You are uh, you're continuing to make a name for yourself. So what what's uh, what's what does the near future look like for you with the music? <laughs> um, the near future with the music. Um, I would I would I would like to actually uh, start touring. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to actually get my music out here. Um, I've been, I've been like kind of checking out the stats or whatever. Um, I've been seeing exactly, uh, you know, where my music is being played and streamed. Um, and now, uh, the next step, I would like to actually go to these different places and you know set up, set up shows and just and just and just get real more. I mean, just get a little bit more interactive with 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 uh, with, with, with people. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. That's um, it. That's it. We have a beautiful. I mean, we have a beautiful one aspect of it. It's just. It's, it's just putting the music out. It's like you gotta actually. You gotta actually engage with people. Yeah. You gotta get people to want to. Um. And I. And I. I guess this goes back to to your question earlier about like you know where does the money come in? Because that's where the money comes in. Like you look at an artist like MGK. It's like this dude could. He could be eighty years old and he could still sell out at the Legends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's MGK. You know what I mean? And he's got like diehard fans. When I went to. When I went to uh, to one of the EST fest, man, I'm 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 in a I'm in a trailer with them, and there's this girl in there. She's just like in tears, like like this guy it was for MGK. I'd be dead. Like I was gonna commit suicide. Like you know, like th- he 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 was touching people, or he continues to touch people so much to the point where it's like these people are diehards now. You know what I mean? These people believe in his movement. They want to know, you know, what I mean, more about him, and not only that, but they're willing to pay him. And you know that's where it is. A lot of a lot of artists they they give up when they're when 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 there's no money. When they realize like, oh man, I'm putting all this money in it, and I'm not getting nothing in, nothing out of it. You know exactly. what I mean? That's that's when you gotta. That's when you, first off you gotta see what your message is, and you gotta see you know who your who your uh, who your audience is, your core demographic. Yeah. And you just gotta kind of engage on that. Well, so. your social media social media is clearly giving people like yourselves and artists uh, a tremendous platform. 
a tremendous voice, uh, a, a way to brand yourself more more powerfully than ever in history. And you have yeah. a beautiful opportunity, man. You've got this you've got this slate that you can continue. You've got this uh, this puzzle, this canvas that you're continuing to create and paint. And uh, really, the, the the thing is, is that with technology, with the social media, with hard work, with talent, obviously you need the talent. Uh, but but with with all the other stuff that you bring to it, God willing. Man, you have a chance to do whatever you set your mind to. You, you really do, and not just you, but anybody else out there. Thanks, bro. Thanks, yeah. appreciate it. So, uh, sure. who, who's your favorite artist? Who's your favorite rapper? Um, my favorite artist, I would have to say, uh, man, uh, <laughs> I, I, man, man, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, I, honestly, I, I would say, uh, in terms of rap, I would probably say Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi, yeah. Yeah, Kid Cudi, Kanye. Like you know, I grew up. Uh, Kid Cudi's from here, around here too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, uh, mm-hmm. he actually he went to Shaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like Cudi, like when I first heard his music, I was just like, man, like this dude is like, he's like me because you know prior to Cud- prior to Kid Cudi coming out, nobody was really you know making like uh, music where they were just kind of like singing in harmonies and stuff. You know, after Bone Thugs, it was just kind of like okay, like you know. Rappers singing just ain't cool, you know what I mean? Then you had like Fifty Cent and Ja Rule. They they had their little era where they were like kind of singing and stuff, and it was just like real pop, you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't cool, yeah. you know what I mean? And then when Cudi came out, it was just raw and it was real, you know what I mean? You felt it like from your soul, and it was just like wow, like. Are there any artists out there that these days that you're uh, not not huge on? Um. At one point, I, I, I was I was kind of like I was kind of like one of I, I guess you could say I was like I was like an angry old rapper at one point. You know what I mean? Looking at all these <laughs> new kids coming out, and I was just like, man, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I feel like a lot of this stuff is starting to grow on me. Just the energy uh, aspect, the energy of it. Yeah, it's just like you see all these kids, man. They're so full of energy with this, and they're just having fun with it. Yeah. And I remember when I was eighteen, nineteen, mind you, I was actually rapping, and it was a passion of mine. Like I was like, man, if I don't rap, I don't eat. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, if 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 I say something, if I say something stupid, I'm gonna be booed. I, you know, I'm gonna get booed and uh, you know, kicked away from, kicked out of this lunchroom table if I don't if, if, I, if I don't come crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? So you know, it, it it was it was it was definitely a different time, but it was that same energy. I I was still you know as passionate as 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 as, as, as like a lot of these new kids out are you know are are doing now. Like, now you like say something stupid, you pick up like ten thousand followers. So exactly, exactly. Like now, that's the formula. That's <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Hey, they listen, man. To say stupid stuff. You know what I mean? But well, yeah, man. Like yeah. you know, like Lil Pumps and Trippy Red. Trippy Red is actually he's from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's from what Cincinnati. I, I think Akron. I don't know, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I like. I, I listen to a lot of these. Uh, I, I listen to everything, man. I listen to everything. I've been just so like. I've been just kind of. Just you know, opening my ears to a lot of stuff. I've been listening a lot to like Childish Gambino. I like him. I, I like him a whole lot, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff for yeah, sure. Yeah, man. His new song, man. It's uh, what, what is it? Uh, feels like summer. That's 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 like my favorite song right now. I gotta man. check that one out. Cause it's so real. It's 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 very real, man. And then just the video, you know how 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 like uh, he, he had like an illustrator. This kid, man. He had he only had like three hundred followers. Now this not not a dude that like I think a hundred k right now. His followers, but he he was just like a like a like a regular you know just like a graphic designer, just this kid that, that knew how to draw, and um yeah man he drew the, he he actually illustrated the whole video, 
Wow. And then, and, and in the video is like, you know, all these different artists, like rappers and singers, they all make cameos in the video. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. The, the platform now is anyone could, could end up making it big with just, just some, some fortune, good timing, some good luck, and some hard work. Uh, exactly. it's, it's a it's exactly. a winning formula. Uh, where, where do you like to go downtown, man? Where do you usually hang out? Um, I, I, I just like to I like to just be like you know where people are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I I, I kind of I guess I'm a little bit uh, you know introvert and uh, extrovert at the same time. It's like I go I get my energy. So 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 you know I might I might go check out West Six for a second. I might walk through there. You know what I mean? Just kind of strolling through, right. and then I go back home. You know what I mean? And I spend. I spend the rest of my time just just in the house, just kind of, you know, uh, you know, just kind of recollecting on uh, recollecting on, on everything that I saw, you know what I mean, and just kind of, you know, taking that in, into account and just like, you know, making art from it, you know what I mean. So I'm not yeah. I'm not always I'm not always downtown. I'm not always uh, out in public, but when I am, uh, you know, I try to be I try to be somewhere where there's a lot of people, you know, whether that be like a music event. Anything, you know, yeah. for the most part, I, I like to be like on Coventry more. Grog shot, B side, you yeah. know. I used to live in Coventry, man. When I was, I went to law school at Cleveland State, so I used to live down oh. there. Great, great time. Okay. Great time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah, cool. phenomenal cool. spot. Phenomenal spot yeah, in Cleveland. Man. Yeah, I, I, uh, I perform at the Grog shop a lot. I'll well, have to come uh, check you out. Yeah, we, we actually, we, we just had a show, um, what was it? I want to say last month called Lemur Fest. Mm hmm. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. You know, we do we do that every year, once a year. Dude, I, I'll never forget when I was in law school and we were living down there. Uh, you know, you you know Chris Daughtry, the dude that was on American Idol. The, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> Daughtry, the singer, he played at the freaking grog shop before he wow. like before he blew up after like the whole idol. I mean, what, whatever whatever yeah. happened to him? I, I mean, he's still huge. He's still huge in the rock. He's kind of been laying low, I think, for the past few years. But he put yeah. out he put out a bunch of hits. I don't know in the past past ten years. So he's I think he's stick, he's still around. He's still hanging out. Nice, he's, nice. he's probably sitting on an island right now, listening to us right now, going, "Ha ha, these fucking these, <laughs> these guys have a long way to go." Right. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, man, like I, like I was saying to you, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, one of the my favorite, I, I was checking out your Instagram. One of my favorite things that I've seen that you do, and again, it goes back to that whole marketing and branding thing, is that video that you talked about with the torch, and uh, where you're sitting there eating grapes outside, and then you start getting all fired up, dude. That I could watch that video about. I could watch that thing on repeat a bunch of times. I think that that's 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 what people want to see. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, yeah, that's, man, that's just, what just, that's what fires just people having, up. Just having like just having viral just having yeah. viral material. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times, you know, if you if you're able to actually uh, combine that with music and other things, then, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good formula because, because for me, what I like, what I've always just kind of, kind of been good at was just kind of, I guess, making people laugh and just doing funny stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's, that's kind of been my other, my other passion, you know, as a kid, you know, I, I did a little acting. Yeah, and you and could tell like that, that you could tell it wasn't like you kind of knew where you were going to go with it, but it wasn't scripted. You could tell you were just yeah. flowing. You were flowing in the moment, and that real yeah. authentic that authentic type of material that's that's what is, that's going to keep pushing your your brand for sure. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you, man, on social? Um, well, I mean, you you could just man. To be honest, if, if you if you just got on Google and just typed in Freshy Ramon, all my stuff pops up. I mean, okay. uh, Instagram is Mantra Freshy. That's M A N T R uh, A. Um, F R E S H Y. Um, Twitter is Mantra Freshy. 
Facebook is Freshy Ramon. Uh, nice. Uh, you can find my music on FreshyRamon.com. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much all over Google, man. You just Google Freshy Ramon, you can get pretty much just about whatever you want to Hey man, listen, I appreciate this uh, last minute, your time tonight. Um, uh, I appreciate man, you shed, shedding light onto your story a little bit, letting us know a little bit more how you got there. I really appreciate you shedding light into the mental health stuff and the suicide stuff and your background and your childhood. I mean, I think that that's yeah, always something we like to focus on here and uh, we'll be continuing to watch you, man. We'll make sure we link up all your stuff in the show notes on this episode, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll be continuing to watch, man. Keep me posted on what your on, on when your concerts are. I'd love to come check check it out whenever you're whenever you're playing next. Yeah, man, for sure, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you for even having me on here, man. Absolutely, buddy. We'll stay in touch. A lot. We'll stay in touch. Okay, bro. Take care, bro. All right.